Today, Jesus tells these people in the synagogue some truths that they don't want to hear. The first truth that he tells them is that he is the Messiah. And they're stunned to silence and they're staring at him. And the gospel says that they were glad and rejoicing. They were glad and rejoicing. I'm going to see those exact words here. Uh, That's not it. Sorry about that. And all spoke highly of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his mouth. So, and then he proceeds to tell them some things about uh, in their own time and place, people reject true prophets and people of God. And then he uses some examples to illustrate how they've rejected true prophets and people of God, in which they seize Jesus and they're going to go kill him. They bring him out to this hill to throw him off and Jesus disappears, magically disappears. It's one of the miracles that our Lord has, is the power over hostile wills. That's not to say that Jesus won't suffer and die at a later time. It's just that now is not his time. And it's not to say that that the apostles who were with him, say roughly five, weren't terrified. They were terrified. What's going to happen to Jesus as they lead him up this hilltop to kill him? And then he magically reappears in their midst and says, let's go, guys. And they walk off as these guys in the hilltop are accusing each other of letting him go. What happened to him? Where did he go? Kind of thing. Jesus frequently teaches things that are hard. God teaches things that are hard. From the beginning of the Bible in Genesis all the way to the end in Revelation, there are many, many hard teachings. There are many things that people like, too. So in our own day and age, the idea that God is love, that God is merciful, these are things that we like, naturally. The thing is, is that God is loving and merciful to those who repent, for those who will serve Him in this life and in the next. For Lucifer and the fallen angels, they knew God, they believe in God. It's just that they wouldn't serve Him. And for that, they were thrown out of heaven. For in heaven, not all are welcomed, only those who will love and serve God are welcomed. But there are certain things that we hear, you know. Forgive your enemies, be kind, be merciful. We're thinking, well, that sounds nice. It's just that there are other things, too, as we continue to read through the Gospels that are really hard, like follow the commandments of God. We'll pay the last penny for every one of our sins. Forgive those who are mean to us, etc. And the list goes on and on and on. These truths, too, would include things like sexual morality, which I won't get any specific examples here. But in our own day and age, we've got this idea in our mind that anything goes and it's fine. Fornication, adultery, sodomy, pornography, whatever. There's just kind of the sense that in the end, don't we all go to heaven? Or maybe it's just too much temptation. I might not go to heaven, and I don't want to be doing this, but I'm addicted and I, I just can't stop, and it's more than I can bear, etc. But there are things that we have to take a stand for. There are things that we even have to stand against the world to stand with God for. Popular opinion is a fickle thing, and we don't base the truth on popular opinion. Joe Biden's popularity right now is low 40s. Six months ago, it was mid-50s. I don't know, maybe six months from now, it's low 30s or mid-60s. Who knows? It's all just public opinion. And it moves and it shifts. But God doesn't. He's eternal. He's eternal, which means he doesn't change. 
So the same laws that he was giving a thousand years ago are still our laws today. They're still the same laws with the same meaning and the same gravity. But we like to think, well, God doesn't really care anymore. But he does, and he cares just as much. It's just that we're being tested. Will you be faithful to me, even when you can't see me or hear from me? We're all going to go to Calvary. We have to. It's just, if Jesus went to Calvary and suffered and died, we are too. We're all in the Garden of Gethsemane with him. Are we going to run? Are we going to say we don't know him? Are we going to say, no, Jesus, you're my Lord and God, and I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying with you. And it might mean in our world today that we lose friendships over that because we speak the truth about things that people don't want to hear. Or maybe we just don't go along with things that people want us to go along with. And for that, we lose friends. For that, even family members stop talking to us. For that, we might even lose our job. And for some, we might even lose our lives. This last week I was reading in this very brief biography of a guy I'd never heard of before, Blessed Leonid Fyodorov. He was a Russian priest who was ordained in 1911. He was a Catholic priest in Russia. So Russia is a, mostly a Russian Orthodox Church country. So they're Christian but not Catholic. He's a Catholic priest in Russia. So in 1917, this is six years after he was ordained a priest, the communists come to power. The communists start rounding up all the priests and sending them off to slave labor camps or executing them. But he's not captured until 1923. And then it is, and he's arrested because he was teaching children the catechism, which is illegal in the communist Soviet Union. So but at his trial, he says, quote, My heart's desire is that our fatherland will come to understand that the Christian faith and Catholic Church are not a political organization, meaning not a threat to the government, but a community of love. So he's appealing to something that they understand, love. Even the communists might love their spouse or love their children, etc. So he's appealing to this bigger thing, love. You know, the Catholic Church isn't a threat to the government. We're all about love. But the truth is the Catholic Church is a threat to a communist government because the Catholic Church proclaims the truth and communists are liars. And they're accusers and they're murderers. That's what every communist regime in the world has ever been. Anyway, no matter what he says, he's arrested. He's sent off to a slave labor camp and he dies in 1935 of, of just being worn out, sick, etc. But what gets me is I'm reading through this, and he's an impressive guy, obviously, I and mean, he's a canonized, or he's canonized blessed. Is it's like, well, the communists took power in 1917, he's not arrested until 1923. What's going on in those five plus years? Is what, why wasn't he arrested right off the bat? And I'm thinking, well, you probably kind of laid low, you know, didn't dress as a priest, and just kind of did what everyone else was doing, and on the slide, trying to minister as much as he could, etc. And then why at his trial did, did he not say, instead of saying this thing about love, instead of that saying, my heart's desire is that our fatherland will be converted to the Catholic faith, that the whole world will be converted to the Catholic faith, to Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. Maybe if he had said that, he wouldn't have been sent to a slave labor camp. Maybe he would have just been shot and buried in an unmarked grave. And maybe that's what he was afraid of. 
But anyway, it got me thinking, you know, when I think of saints or martyrs, I always think that they're so brave. I think in particular of the little kids who would be martyred. How brave those little guys are. You know, little Lucy or Perpetua or Felicity, I mean, these are 12-year-olds who are being fed to lions in the arena or having their eyes gouged out. And they did it with such incredible courage. They just stand there, stoic like a statue, as an arm's literally being ripped off of them. And they're just, they've already, it's like they've already entered heaven. And then I look at myself thinking, ah, man, I, if I say that to that person, then they're probably not going to like me. I maybe shouldn't say that. Like, wow. But then I think of St. Peter. And St. Peter, remember, he died a martyr. He was crucified upside down. But not before he was fleeing from the people who were trying to arrest him. The city of Rome was burning. Nero had set it on fire and he was blaming the Christians. And he was rounding up the Christians for execution. And being the Pope, you would be target number one. So Peter's left the city of Rome. He's on foot down the Apian Way, got through the gates and out. And as he's traveling down that road, Jesus literally is walking in the opposite direction, coming straight at him. And Peter is stunned. There's his Lord, Jesus, just as he was 40 years earlier. And and he says to Jesus, Which way are you going, Lord? Rome's burning. And Jesus says to Peter, I'm going to Rome to be crucified again. And then Jesus disappeared. And then Peter understood now is not the time to run. He had maybe ran and hid many other times. But now is the time to turn around and go back into Rome. And to stand up to Nero. And he did. And he was crucified for it. There is a church on that spot. If you go to Rome, outside the, the, on the Apian Way, outside the city gates, they literally built a church called Covatus, where Jesus and Peter met. And Peter turned around and went back in. But it got me thinking how many different times Peter was frightened. How many times he was just a coward. When Jesus was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, he ran. When the people in the courtyard said, you're one of his disciples, aren't you? He said, I don't even know the man. And then here at the end of his life, he's an elderly man and he's still running. And Jesus says, Peter, now is the time. It's hard to take a stand. It is hard to take a stand. It really is. To take a stand in the big sense of losing our lives, obviously. But in the little stands that we can take. For most of you, it's just too difficult to make the sign of a cross in a restaurant. You think you're going to die a martyr right on the spot. Nobody's going to kill you. Your food service isn't going to suffer. In fact, there might be people in the restaurant who appreciate it. and Their strength is faith strengthened because of it. But still, we're cowards. We're just, we're scared. We're scared to be different in any way. In any way. In our first reading today, this is the prophet Jeremiah writing about five plus hundred years before Jesus comes. God says through him, But do you gird your loins, stand up and tell them all that I command you, all that I command you. Be not crushed on their account, as though I would leave you crushed before them. 
For it is I this day who have made you a fortified city, a pillar of iron, a wall of brass, against the whole land, against Judah's kings and princes, against his priests and people. They will fight against you, but not prevail over you, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Jeremiah was all alone. He was thrown in the dungeon in Jerusalem. Everyone was pitted against him. And yet he was God's prophet. He was all alone, absolutely alone. And here God is telling him, stand up and tell them all that I command you. Be brave. Jesus today in that synagogue did the same thing, and they arrested him and they tried to kill him. And they will keep trying and trying until finally it's his time and he lets them, because he's God. He'll let them. And then from that will come the redemption of the human race. From what Jeremiah does will ultimately bring about the restoration of Jerusalem and the people of Israel to their homeland. But there needed to be someone who stood with God. Jesus, yesterday, today, and forever. Changeless, timeless, eternal. The Word who created light in the universe and then became man. Know that Jesus is with you today and every day. Standing before you, behind you, beside you, above you, underneath you, within you. And in him, in our human nature, there's naturally fear. But because of him, we can overcome it. We can overcome it. And this final thing, the words to Jeremiah, they will fight against you, but not prevail over you. For I'm with you to deliver you. Well, what he's saying is, they won't prevail over you for eternity. In time, on earth, maybe yes. But not for eternity. For eternity we can reign with God in the beatific vision of heaven. But between now and then we have so very little time to show him that we're faithful. Knowing that none of his teachings have ever changed. What was true a thousand years ago is true today and will be a thousand years from now. So stand with Jesus. Stand with him. Be brave. He'll do amazing things with you. And through you, you'll do amazing things in giving witness for others.